Well, hello and welcome to Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. How are you, Shani? Bridget, I'm so, so good. I'm just excited to see your face twice in one day. What a fun day, doing an interview and doing a recording. It's amazing. I had a really fun day today. Like, I have good energy from today. I have very good energy from today. Also, like, spoiler alert, I also had a glass of Prosecco. So, my cheeks are feeling very smiley. (laughs) So, that's exciting. (laughs) We should do an episode of this totally just lit. Just lit the fuck up. Like, we I should, mean, we should read a know, crazy book. We should read a crazy ass book and then get lit and, and then talk about it. <laughs> I love this idea. Yeah, I think we should get to like, like one or two drinks past tipsy. Not full drunk, but then drink during the hour of the episode. So, like, by the end of it, we're just like, shh. Or like, take shots. Like, every time someone says, I like that trope, like, take shot. <laughs> every time some <laughs> one of us says, throuple, take shot. <laughs> This be out of control or a hit or whatever it is that we're doing. Uh, well, I'm almost on breastfeeding, so we're about to get gray when you come back to LA, Sean. Oh, hell yeah. From from six feet apart, <laughs> but gray. <laughs> super gray. Today, we're pretty excited. We're talking about Sated in Ink by Carrie Ann Ryan. Carrie Ann Ryan is an indie author, and this book is a mana. Which is honestly why we picked it. We wanted to make sure that we featured some different pairings this year. And so we wanted to make sure we, of course, got in a few of our fave throuple and or menages. So I'm not really sure what else I need to say at the beginning of this intro. Do I need to say anything else, Shani? Nah, let's get it popping, Bridget. Let's get this shit popping. Romance at a glance. Uh Uh-huh. Romance. At a glance. Go ahead, Okay, everyone, as you know, we are reading Sated in Ink this week, and it is book number two of the Montgomery Ink saga, contemporary romance. A menage. Shani, before we get into it, I would like to talk about the cover art and oh, about, my, about mis- my misconceptions about this book. <laughs> so on the front cover of this book, you see a man. Who has mm-hmm. no shirt mm-hmm. and he has tattoos and it's called Sated in Ink. Mm-hmm. And I thought this book was gonna involve a tattoo or involve a people who work at a tattoo parlor mm-hmm. or something along the lines of there being ink involved, not involved in this in this plot at all. No. Um, and I also from the front cover did not get the menage vibes. Yeah, I didn't need <laughs> I mean, we knew it had a menage, but I didn't think the cover um, really represented what was happening in the book. It just seemed like they put a hot guy on the cover and we're like, look, it's just a hot, dude. hot guy on the cover. They'll buy it. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. She's not and wrong. I'm not opposed to man candy. Um, I, Yeah, the cover with the people with the tattoo. And like I looked at the rest of the series covers and they're all similar where they have people with tattoos on the covers. And, but none of them are about tattoos. So that confused me a little bit. That said, once we got into the book, um, I was less confused. So typically I do some author fun facts, but we actually did a written interview with Carrie. So you can go to the website and check that out at romance at a glance forward slash. I actually don't know what the forward slash is going to be. Go to romance at a glance. You'll find it on the main page. And 
it is fun. We asked her a whole bunch of questions. She was generous enough to answer. The reason we did not do a spoken podcast interview with Carrie Ann is because she asked us not to. Uh, she said she <laughs> she's a little too shy to spend an hour with us two hooligans. And I can totally respect that because sometimes we can be too much, honey. I mean, we, we can sometimes. You know what, Bridget? We are not too much. We're extra. That means people are getting double their pleasure, double their fun. Okay? We a are bonus. extra. A bonus. Bonus. Yes. We're bonus. <laughs> That's what yes. we are. We're the chair. We're the cherry on top of the already delicious Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. I okay, am the this. caramel. <laughs> you are the caramel. I am the vanilla. <laughs> I would like to talk about the fact that I did not know the word triad, though. And uh, oh, you didn't. I don't. I I think I must have heard it at some point, but I did not know the word triad. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then. Then I was like trying to think like what are the definitions of menage versus thruple versus triad. And so I would like you to tell me what the definitions are. Okay. Well, I'm by no means an expert uh, at this. However, I think thruple and triad are interchangeable. Could be wrong. But when you, have right. a, when you have a triad, um, all three people are involved in a relationship together. So they have their their relationship as a threesome and then their individual relationships between them. So in this case, Ethan and Lincoln, uh, Lincoln and Holland, Holland and Ethan, like those individual mm-hmm. things. So I think right. they consider it to be four relationships. I think that's, if I'm doing the math oh. right, yep. that, that like there's yep. four relationships happening. Four makes sense. But yeah, so that's the same as a thruple. Like a thruple is the same as that. I think they're inter- interchangeable. Um, okay. Versus, uh, you don't necessarily have to be in a thruple to be in a menage. Um, a menage just means that a lot of people is doing it at the same time, but they don't necessarily have to be doing it with each other. That could be like a threesome, or you know, where where the right. swords ain't crossing. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So I thought this book was going to be a menage, and then we open on Ethan and Lincoln who are the two main male characters saying that they've been best friends their entire lives and also have had secret crushes on each other almost as long. Um, but neither one recognizes that the other person has a crush and is willing to sort of rock the boat and ruin their friendship until they meet Holland. Um, so when I was reading the opening chapters and Ethan was talking, they were on a run together and Ethan was talking about like how hot Lincoln looked. And then Lincoln was talking about the same thing and like one of them checked out the other one's junk and was like, well, he knows that I'm bisexual. I really need to get laid. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who's going to be fucking in this book? <laughs> I was eight, eight, excited. Eight. <laughs> well, yeah, because you eight, can eight, have eight. a menage, I mean, and a triad together. <laughs> well, yes, I just I just assumed when I read that it was menage and that it was two guys and a girl, I assumed that meant that the two guys weren't going to also be together. Yeah. Which you're not like, so you're not wrong in terms of like a lot of books that I read. Cause you know, menage is my catnip. Like I love it is. menage. It is. My favorite is yeah. uh Shayla black and um, Lexi Blake. They do, they do mm-hmm. menage well together. Um, but, uh, a lot of them, the guy, the guys aren't, together they're like two cowboys working on a ranch and then they get a girl and and then they you know whatever so it was actually kind of cool to see ladies are scarce they all decide to share (laughs) 
<laughs> there, there's a series. There's actually a series like that where there are way too many cowboys. And every time a new woman comes to town, it's like she's like bait. Like she's <laughs> she's like you've you've heard the thing where it's like in LA I'm a six, but like in Montana I'm a twelve. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard that <laughs> that saying, right? Like when you go other places, because like for those of you who don't live in Los Angeles, um, there are just beautiful people here. I mean, when and and it's not everyone certainly, but all you know, all people who are trying to make it in acting in music, in just like a variety of of things where it is helpful to be good looking, come to LA at some point in their careers, maybe stay for 10 years, maybe they stay for three months, who knows, but they all come here at some point. So there are some neighborhoods where you walk around and you're just like getting a sandwich and you're like, why the fuck is everyone in here <laughs> so hot? Like girls, guys, like everyone is just a, just like, and they're so chic and like put together and you walk around and you're like, man, I really am not that good looking. And then you go travel in other parts of the country where non-people who spend thousands of dollars a year on their appearance live. And you're like, oh, no, I I am. I am good looking. I am normal looking. OK, <laughs> it's just those people are abnormally good looking. And I'm just right in the good sweet spot of just looking cute, you know. So if you ever come here, you know. Check your ego at the door because it is it is a harsh a harsh comeuppance. I think that's hilarious because I never noticed until like not that long ago when somebody said that to me. They were like, "Oh man, I um, I tend to feel bad about myself in L.A. because everyone here is so beautiful." And I was like, "What? <laughs> like, I had no idea." And then I started looking around. and I was like, "Huh? Yeah, these are some pretty hot folks." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the neighborhood I live in because it's more, like, regular people live here. Like, industry people don't live where I live. Yeah. So I like that because everyone here is just, like, you know, normal, normal peeps. Um, But, yeah, there are definitely some neighborhoods where you – like, if you're in Hollywood or you're in West Hollywood or, you know, I don't know, Studio City getting a coffee. Yeah. Like, you might see a fucking Avenger getting a coffee near you. (laughs) You're like, oh, well – that man has eight abs. I've never seen eight abs in my life. <laughs> Very oh, fun fact. Fun facts. You might see Jake Gyllenhaal just cash getting a muffin. Um, mm. Could happen. He could have my muffin. So, you know <laughs> he could have my. I would let him have all the muffins. I love him so much. That actually happened to my cousin Caitlin, by the way. Caitlin, shout out if you're listening. She was in a, a coffee shop in Hollywood. Getting her, like, standard, you know, she's having coffee with her dad later, so she's getting two coffees and two, like, whatever, muffins or baked goods. And it was, like, apparently the last one left. And he was in line behind her and talking about how he was hoping that the muffin would be left and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, she ordered it. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And she, my cousin can be so sweet but also so vicious. And she turned around and she's like, well, I would give a fuck if Prince of Persia wasn't so bad or something along those lines, like, paraphrasing. (laughs) And, like— Absolutely shredded him. And his friend started laughing hysterically. It turns out his friend was Chris Pine, <laughs> who who my cousin was, like, childhood friends with because they're, like, my aunt and uncle are friends with his parents. And, um, or were at one point. I don't know if they still are. But uh, it was just a funny, it's just a funny, like, L.A. story. And in my mind, she's an actress, too. And I was like, what's wrong with you? 
don't be mean to people who can get you in parts that you want to be in. Like, why don't you befriend those smoking hot dudes behind you and hop on that D? You could have had your own goddamn menage <laughs> with Chris Pine and Jake Gyllenhaal. I was filled with fury. I love I, Jake Gyllenhaal so much. I'm I was arguing. filled with fury. <laughs> I'm arguing that she had a better chance of nailing him by being an asshole than by being sweet. Because I'm a dick to I everybody. Mean, I'm a dick I to guys give- all the time. And it's like they keep coming back for more and I don't understand it. <laughs> so I don't disagree with you, except I don't think she needed to be like sugar sweet and like offer him the muffin. But she could have just been like, yo, bro, I was in front of you in line. Sorry. Like, she didn't have to, like, evis- eviscerate his film credits. <laughs> I know. That's that's a good story. I like that one. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you the story of this book. So Ethan and Lincoln have been best friends their entire lives, secret crushes the whole time. Neither one willing to rock the boat ruin the friendship. Until when they're out running, they see Holland sitting on a park bench in a wedding dress drinking wine from a paper bag. Everyone else is sort of ignoring her, and they're like, Something must be wrong. So they go up and they say, hey, is everything okay? Can we buy you a coffee? And she sort of unfolds the story that she caught her uh, then fiancé on her wedding day getting a blowjob from her little sister. And it was clear it was not the first time. And that sort of starts as them becoming friends. And eventually they the guys sort of say, hey, I like her. She's kind of great. And then they all get drunk playing Mario Kart. And one thing leads to another. I have gotten drunk playing Mario Kart, and one thing has led to another, Shadi, more times than I can count. That I was so in for that scene. I was like, I 100% have been there, where you're just like, everyone's laughing, and you're teasing each other, and you're playing, and everyone's like being competitive, and you're taking shots, and everybody starts. Yeah, I was into it. I was so into it. I mean, it is kind of real life. Like, you're playing video yeah. games. With your boo or somebody you like, you know, whatever. And it's mad casual. And I think the fact that it is kind of casual is what makes something happen. Because if you were to go, like, on a date, it's so much more pressure when you go, like, on a date. And you're sitting at the table together. And then, do I invite them in? Do I not? What's this? Or whatever. But you're just playing Mario Kart. I mean, cash, you know? Straight cash. We're just chilling. You kiss me. I kiss you. Exactly. Well, first, you know, you got to, like, somebody wins and then you punch them. And you're like... You're like, oh, man, you won. You hit them, and then they, like, smack you back, and then you're like, ha and then they're wrestling a little bit, and then their breath is on your neck, and then you drop the controller, and all hands are on deck, and then, oh, my God, where's Princess Peach? She's at my Princess Peach. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or something something like that. (laughs) I mean, in this scenario, I thought it was cute that, like, she had to, like, forfeit a kiss, or he had to forfeit a kiss to her because he lost, and then she kissed the other one, and then she's like, well, it's only fair you guys kiss now. Like, kind of as a semi-joke, but also wanted to see it. And they were like, fuck, yes. And then shit got real. Mm-hmm. I One thing I liked about this book, Shani, is I feel like in a lot of books, the character who has the least sexual experience, which typically is written to be the female, but not always, um, goes into these situations. And, like, once that happens, they would immediately fuck in that scene. And I actually liked that she was like, I've never had a three, I've never had sex with two guys at once. I don't know. I want to say yes to you, but I don't know what that entails. And I actually really liked that because like, that is true. Like I have had a threesome and it's like, you have to, 
you don't know what's going like you're like yeah I want to have sex with you but like you know and she says like I don't want to do anal I'm not sure I'll ever want to do it and they're like that's cool like he's like I can have sex with him so like I liked that she like set boundaries and she didn't like get swept away like so many of these books like the female's brain gets swept away and she's like gets digmatized and all of a sudden she's like actually put it in my ass 10 times and come all over my face and but I told you I didn't like any of those things at the beginning but all of a sudden she does and I liked (laughs) in this one that she like set a boundary and they respected it and didn't try to like they didn't like when they were in the first time they hooked up they were just using like hands and and like sucking our tits and stuff. And they didn't like try to slip her, the dick in. They didn't try to like, oh, come on. Like, like there was no, like I liked that about their their relationship. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I also thought like they had it in their minds to like court her, you know, not just, uh, it wasn't just supposed to be like a bang thing. It was supposed to be like, oh no, we really like her. We want her to be a part of this with us, you know? So like- they were treating her like, you know, you would someone you wanted to date, <laughs> um, which mm-hmm. is really good. And digmatization is such a real thing. I'm not, I mean, like. It, it is, but I just get tired of it as a trope. No, I totally agree with you. I don't like it when I read it in stories. I don't like when they set a boundary and then um, they, like, just sweep past it. And it's like, oh, I got carried up in the moment and the guy doesn't respect it and whatever. Like, I don't like that. But in real life, I have to say, like, so in, like, uh, one of the best things I found in kink is that, like, when you negotiate whatever you're going to be doing with your partner beforehand, you don't deviate from that plan. So you don't renegotiate mid-scene. So if you've agreed that, oh, okay, we're just going to be kissing and heavy petting, halfway through, you're like, no, no, I want to fuck. It's like, nope, we don't renegotiate mid-scene. And I like that because... For me, mid-scene, I want to do everything. Everything's on oh, the table. Everything, yes. everything I said was fuck off the yes. table is on the table. Like my <laughs> lizard brain is the only thing operating and I will go, I mean, I will get pregnant. My body will get me pregnant mid-dickmatization, okay? You're hilarious. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like I'm only like, I don't know, maybe I'm like, like 60% that. Because like I always want to have sex. So, like, I always, like, if I'm in any situation in the past, I mean, I have a husband now, so, like, we can have sex whenever we want. But, like, in the in the past, if I was in a situation where we were both like, oh, hey, like, you know, we're just going to keep it, like, PG-13 today. Or we're just going to, like, be making out on the couch or something. Like, I always want the D. Always. But I, I, I have never been, I have never been, like, digmatized <clears throat> to the point where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't really like anal. So I've never been digmatized to the point where I'm like, put it in my ass. Like that doesn't, I don't ever get to the point where I'm like, you know, pee on me. Or like, I don't get to the point where like crazy <laughs> shit starts happening, I guess is my point. Like I get to certainly get to the point where I'm like, your penis needs to be in my vagina immediately. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't typically. Oh girl, I, I, get n- there. I don't. Yeah, you go crazy. <laughs> I get there. I was signed over my firstborn child. I, like, my brain leaves and walks away. It's drinking a, a slushy at 7-Eleven, and it has left me in a weird autopilot that is broken. <laughs> no, that's – well, that's the other thing, though, because – okay, so in literature and in real life, even if that is the case, 
whoever you are having sex with should respect the fact that you ahead of time said, yeah, this is like my spot. So like, even if she had said, no, I'm okay with it now. Like I would have wanted them to be like, you know what? There's always tomorrow. You know, we can always talk about this later because it is very hard to think clearly when people are like sucking on you and kissing you and, you know, your imagination is fucking thriving with like what could happen next. I mean, it is mm-hmm. very hard to, like, keep your act together. But I really like that they, like, respected her. One of the things I really liked about, like, going along with that same thing is when they went to meet or when Lincoln and Ethan first hooked up and went to his parents' house. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that they had gone to the parents' house. Um, as a couple? Like, yeah, as a couple. And they were like, oh, we are dating. So I liked that they didn't hide it. And then they were like, and it's not just us. And they were like, and her name is Holland. And I thought that that was so sweet that they like had so much hope that she was going to be with them and so much like desire that she would be that they before like the family even met before they even were really like, quote unquote, super serious in a relationship. We've been together all together a long time. They were already like staking that. Like, she was the one who was going to be with them, which I I was like, I was all about. I thought it was sweet. Oh, I mean, it could have gone one of two ways. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's sweet or it's like a little bit creepy, but, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, it wasn't written. It wasn't written creepy, Sean. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's kind of like, well, so there was an aspect of that, which it was sweet. Um, however, I like in the story, I I felt like the insecurities were um, rampant. Like they kept talking about it, kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And I was just, I thought that scene was actually a good scene um, to like solidify like how they felt about each other. You know what I mean? And so uh, even with Holland, like they already told their family about you. You know what I mean? Like, and there was just so much of this going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. that drove me crazy that I I was like, I don't come on guys. I I 100% agree. Uh that dropped like a whole star for me. But I did they tell her that though? Cuz she wasn't there. And I don't recall a scene where they told her like we've already told our family. I mean, I guess his sister and her friends came over and like his sister-in-laws and stuff came over. So that would indicate that he's like already told everyone and is serious. Um I just, my big thing was, like, it was hard for me that all three had insecurities. Like, it felt like if one of, like, if she had insecurities because she'd been cheated on by her little sister and her fiancé, which would shatter anyone's trust in (laughs) in love and humanity. Like, if she was the one who was, like, they were both, like, no, we have to figure out how to make her feel solid and make her feel like, you know, she's like, we need her. Um, the one whose insecurities and like storyline I felt like got, got repeated too much was Lincoln's with his art because he never confided in them. And so they could never help him resolve it. And I thought the logical result or rather the logical resolution was that he was going to naked paint them. Did you not think that an erotic paint show was going to happen, Shawnee? Oh, I definitely thought it was going to happen, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
mean, he talks like he sketches them. Yep. And then he gets out the red paint to paint her hair. And he's like remembering the way they look. And I was like, oh, this. And then he even sees her and he's like, the first thing he thinks is I want to paint her. And I was like, yes, yes. I want you to paint her too. Then paint her body. Then have sex. I was thrilled. Thrilled. Did not happen. (laughs) No. Did not happen. (laughs) Happened in my mind. Didn't happen on the page. I thought so too. I mean, so how did you feel about Holland's mom? That lady's a bitch. (laughs) I actually, I thought she was the worst. So Holland's mom comes to her house, blames her for the sister cheating, and blames her for not marrying him anyway, even though he was getting a blowjob from the little sister at the wedding. Um, and is basically the worst. And then later comes back again and is like, why won't you answer your sister's phone calls or my phone calls? And like, basically like shots at her. The I was fine with it because part A, some people's parents are really terrible people. So like, <laughs> and I, I mean, it's true. Like, I'm sure you have a friend. I have a few friends who like their parents suck. Like they're just bad people and they treat their kids like shit. And I have a few friends who have cut their parents off because of that. And I have a few friends who haven't and then keep going through that pain over and over. And so I was okay with it because for me, it showed that she like stood up to her, finally stood up to her mom. Then she stood up to her sister and kind of owned like, okay, yes, I was sad, but also like I wasn't like flourishing and I wasn't doing what I wanted. And now I need to like be a whole person. So I thought she was the worst, but also I was fine with it in the story. Gotcha. What did you think? One, I do think you're right. I do know some people whose parents are unbelievably crazy. And if I hadn't witnessed some of the shit they do, I'd be like, there's no way someone's parent would do that. Um, my parents are crazy, but they're still like lovingly crazy. <laughs> right. Totally. Um, but I guess for me, I felt like um the the mom the agent i felt like they were super like one dimensional like it was it was like that that bad character you know mm-hmm. like uh mm-hmm. here's your conflict here's bad character there's not much to mm-hmm. them like you know need them to fulfill like a, a device in the story like so mm-hmm. for me I, I felt like um it annoyed me um i do think also just as a general note that the narrator of this book annoyed the shit out of me. Like, mm. I I found it so difficult to get past his voice. And it wasn't that he had a bad voice, to be clear. When he did the men, he had a he has a really lovely voice for for a man. When he did the women, it was so terrible that he made oh. he made them sound like I don't know like. Hi, hi, guys. I, I can't. Even, I can't even tell how that would be. Like, imagine your 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 dad, you know, doing a woman's voice. Any anybody's dad yeah. doing a woman's voice yeah. is how it sounded. And I swear, mm-hmm. I re had to rewind so many times because my brain just like yeah. Well, and that it, would make the mom especially grating. I I didn't mind it because the mom wasn't in the book very much. So it didn't really bug me. I did think Damien was very annoying. I thought he, like you said, was one note. I also was like mad at Lincoln for not firing him sooner because like he was doing some pretty egregiously uh, unacceptable things like coming into the apartment with the key unannounced, 
like looking at his work when he knows Lincoln doesn't accept that. Um, obviously, like flirting with him and trying to touch him on the shoulder or the arm, even though Lincoln's like, please get out of my house. I mean, like, it was that bad stuff. creepy. <laughs> It was it was really creepy. I did you see it coming when he assaulted Link, uh, Ethan? Yeah, I knew he was there setting him up to be the crazy person in the story. He came, he was crazy, and when he came to the to the his studio initially, I was like, oh, okay. I this know, is, but did you is, know? But did you did you think he was gonna like try and murder him? Yeah, I definitely thought that. I, he was, I thought okay, he was gonna I either try to murder a uh, Holland or Ethan. Like that was my. Assessment. I was. I guess I was thinking it would be more of like a hostage situation <laughs> versus like a tire iron in the car park. But, um, but I have to say, I mean, I've read a lot of Menage books at this point, and they all read like this book. Like there's there's like a, this formula to the story, and uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe because Menage is not mainstream. And a lot of the authors are indie authors and newer authors. So so for me, the writing, a lot of the characters tend to be one note. And you can see the what's coming in the story ahead of time. And like, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that over time, as these authors grow a little bit more, we'll get slightly more complex story with Minaj. But again, on the flip side of that, I don't read Minaj books for the story. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the the fucking Shawnee. Yes, let's let's talk about the. Sex, what was sex. your favorite sex scene? My favorite sex scene. Well, actually, my favorite sex scene. I didn't even include Holland. Um, it was Ethan and Lincoln because at the beginning, at the beginning, I like that one the best. I don't know why, but when they described that he was jerking them both off, I just was like. Yum. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down this. I wrote down this line for you, Shawnee. Which line? Because because we've talked about it in numerous other books. I need lube. Ethan growled and then pulled away. No, I'm sure no. you have some, right? Lincoln asked, and Ethan just nodded. Of course I do. I'm not a I'm monster. I'm not a monster. That's my <laughs> line. I wrote that line. Yeah. I knew you would like that one. So to catch you guys up, if you uh, didn't catch all of our Black Dagger Brotherhood or some of our season one picks, um, in the Black Dagger Brotherhood, two of the characters have sex, and he goes in raw as fuck. Now, they are vampires, so we sort of excused it because we're like, well, they're vampires. They heal right away. Whatever. It's like, it is what it is. But there was like no spit, no loop, no nothing. No nothing. He just went, pow, straight in there. No, and no like... um no like foreplay. no like foreplay no loosening him up no getting him ready no pre- preparation it was just like wham um and we were like that is some crazy shit it's vampires will excuse it but that's crazy <laughs> so i knew you would love that that he was like i'm going to get you ready and then like she kind of described how it was happening they used lube and then they were having sex uh i thought that sex scene was super hot i really liked yeah. the whole thing i liked when they were like sort of flipping a coin over who got to be the top on this one. I <laughs> yeah. thought that was really cute. Um I liked them together. I thought they were I thought they were very charming. Like I I I definitely agree with you the insecurities were the worst part of this book. But in, aside from that, I think when they were actually together, I thought they she did a really good job of like sort of the repartee, the the two of them teasing Ethan about video games, like them kind of all 
learning about e- like her learning about Ethan through Lincoln and vice versa. Uh, I, th- I thought it worked. Yeah. So, and also like this book is a good example of like, you know, uh, nothing really happened like in mm-hmm. the, in the story, but they still seem to move it along. I remember we read another book where like nothing happened and we were like, it was just really boring or whatever, but this was kind of cute because they were getting to know each other and you did have these mm-hmm. different aspects of their lives or their jobs or whatever that you were seeing as they were getting to know each other. Um, so I did think that was kind of nice that it was like, there was a story, even though nothing happened. I just don't think the story was very good, but there was still something. <laughs> I didn't think that it was, um, like, so we've, I thought it was very simple, but executed in a fine manner. Like I, there's, we've read a couple books and obviously we've both read tons of books where it's a simple story done badly. Yeah. Or it's a very complex story that has a shit ton of plot holes. So I appreciated because this book is a very quick read. I appreciated that like the story is simple. Two best friends are in love, but never tell each other. They meet a woman. They decide that they're all going to be together, you know? Yeah. They have a little bit of workaholism. They have a little bit of artist anxiety. They have a crazy person who tries to, you know, <laughs> kill one of them. And then everyone's happily ever after. And and the main family who welcomes them both in is, like, one of those families that's only in movies and books and, like, is the best family of all time. Yeah. And you know, like, the rest of them will have their happily ever after, too. So, like, I appreciated that it was, like, not well, complex, but it was executed in a manner that I found pleasing and fast. And like you said, the sex scenes were good. And, yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. and, and, and I preface that by saying like, I specifically go to these books for the sex. I don't care about the story because we're talking about it on the podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm critiquing the story and how I feel about it. But yep. like, I would tell anybody who was like, loves the sex scenes and wants a book to get off to that this book will do it for you. <laughs> this book will do it for you. Let's talk about my favorite sex scene, which yeah. can you guess which one was my favorite? Was it the phone sex? You or... know it was, Shani. Is it? You know it was the phone sex. Of course it was. <laughs> that shit is my jam. Okay, so um... Ethan and Holland are at Ethan's house and Lincoln is at his house. And they video chat Lincoln, and they're all in bed naked. And then they basically decide, like, hey, well, we're not all together, but that doesn't mean can't be together. So they, like, reposition their cameras. And Ethan starts, like, eating out Holland, and she's, like, playing with her nipples and looking at him. And he's, like, I'm going to read it to you because it's so good. Read it to me. He tried to keep his eyes open, did his best not to come right then and there, but he couldn't help it. All he could do was imagine Holland's mouth on his cock, Ethan's dick in his mouth, and try not to blow right then. Mm. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Yum. For sure. <laughs> Yummy. And then they all have a night. And then I thought the buzz, too. So it's very hot. You know, they all are fucking, and it's great. And then afterwards, they're like, meet for coffee? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, I just love it. I thought it was so cute. Because I could totally see that if I was in a menage um, where you're like, not all together, but it's like you want a little sexy time before you all meet up in public. Yeah. yeah. Screw Minaj, man. This quarantine has got me. Or, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, true for you. <laughs> You're just like video sex games probably I, off the charts I, now. I told I told my partners I was like, y'all, y'all need to get your your sexting, video chat, dirty talk like on on deck. Because yeah. because at first they were like real low key about it, and I was like, guys, I have the highest sex drive like in my with either of my yeah. partners. So. Yeah. I'm always bug. I always feel like I'm bugging them. Like, hey guys, come on, let's go. Hey, 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 what's <laughs> what you doing? What's yeah. You know. But the thing is, like, they're both working, and I'm. I mean, I'm working from home, but I have much more time, like free time. And mm-hmm. free time for me is not good because then my brain just starts going to fantasy land, and then I'm like, I wonder what those fools are doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like Talk I'm alone. Let me let me lock this door real fast. Yeah. I get an hour. What am I gonna do for an hour? I'm not gonna take a nap. Mafia's gonna masturbate. What are we gonna think about? Which, it's, it's so funny to me because I think about it. You know, like I've been weighing. Like, okay, do I want to have a kid? And I realize how much time I spend masturbating, and I go, that time would be gone. It would be gone. It's not gone. I still masturbate all the time. It. You just have to be. You just you just can't do it whenever you want anymore. That's like the real thing. So you can still do it every day. Yeah. But it's not it's not like all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I just had this great little fantasy in my mind. I'm just gonna like masturbate real fast or for a really long time. Who knows what kind of time you have? Yeah. But like if you have kids, you have to like plan it into like a nap time, or you have to do it before they wake up, or you have to do it after they go to sleep. So it's just like you. It's just you can't be as free with it. That sounds. I mean, say, terrible. It's the same with having sex with your partner it's like you can't have sex at you know 10 a.m if everyone's awake you have to wait until everyone takes their naps or goes to bed at night or wake up early to have sex or something (laughs) or if you have kind relatives they'll take your kids somewhere for you and then you can have sex while the kids are gone yeah it's great so that yeah i liked that scene i liked um the one thing I didn't really like, and this is kind of, I mean, related to your insecurity thing, though, is I thought Ethan, or Ethan, I thought Lincoln and Holland's reaction to Ethan being in the hospital was so fucked up. <laughs> like, so Ethan gets jumped by Damien, gets rushed to the hospital. Thankfully, he hit. he's able to, like, hit send or, like, redial, and Holland picks up and hears, like, the shouting calls his brother who call you know who gets over there they send an ambulance Lincoln picks her up they rush to the hospital Lincoln is all up in his head because he knows Damien did it and he's like this is my fault like I did this I ruined this Ethan should just be with Holland and without me which like doesn't make sense at all but I could see in trauma where you like aren't thinking logically and he goes back to his house, which is dumb because they haven't caught Damien yet and then Damien tries to assault him and they like get in a <laughs> kerfuffle and then uh, Lincoln ties him up and the police come. So after the police come and get him, he doesn't like go back and see Ethan and like talk to him or like even just like like Ethan describes how neither of them is uh, is like his family's there helping and neither of them is close to him and like giving him what he needs. And I'm like even if you were going to leave someone because you thought you were the bad person, at least for, like, the first week they're out of the hospital, you should be, like, there for them. Like, put your shit aside for them. 
Yeah. And then the first second, the first second that they're alone, Lincoln is like, I can't do this anymore. You two should just be together and leaves. And Ethan like can't get up, can't get up and chase after him because she has like, you know, his concussion, all his rib problems and stuff. And then Holland is sitting right next to him and she's like, I came in between the two of you. This is all my fault. And I'm like, in what world, you crazy bitch? Like, <laughs> he just got mugged. This has nothing to do with you. This made, her thing made no sense. And then she leaves him too. And now he's alone. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this this man can't even walk around his house. What are you two doing? <laughs> oh, my God. I was so mad. I was, like, wanting her to be, like, having realized because she realized when he got hurt that she loved him and Lincoln. So I wanted her when Lincoln left to be like, we have to go get him back. Like we have to figure like you and me then have to figure out how to get him back. Yeah. Because I wanted her to like kind of own like, no, you two are mine now. So like, I'm going to get you. That would have been, that would have been hot, especially because they talk about how there's no them without her. You know, so like, right. They're like a, you know, a package deal. So when he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you guys just do this without me. It's like, well, no, that's not what we signed up for. We signed up that this was going to be a thing. And then like the fact that they both threw those little fits at the end wasn't it just it hit that annoying spot to me where I'm just like, get it together already. Like, I don't want to read a whole book of insecurities like even mm-hmm. Ask for reassurance. Like, I would like to, to hear that in a book. I would like a character to feel insecure in a story and then say to their partner or whoever, like, I feel really insecure. I feel like you might leave me. I feel like I'm not enough for you. Like, I would like to actually hear that out loud instead of just yeah. always in the, I say that, the mind. I say that literally constantly to my husband. Not constantly. That's an exaggeration, everyone. You guys know I exaggerate by now if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> I say that to my husband... I say at least once a quarter, like very seriously, I'll be like, I feel, you know, whatever. Like we've been spending a lot of time apart because of X, Y, Z, or we've been spending like in quarantine at the very beginning, like the first month was really hard. And I was like, this month has sucked the big one. Like what we've been doing isn't working. We need to do something else because I am not feeling like wanted or loved or taken care of and like I don't think I'm meeting your needs because I don't know what they are because this is a completely different dynamic we've never spent this much time together no one's ever spent this much time with their partners in the history of like (laughs) fucking modern modern work no one you know what I mean so we like had you know really big talk a couple days in a row and and then we figured out you know because we didn't figure it out the other person just said this is what I need from you and then now we can do that yeah um but yeah I think I think those conversations should be ongoing. I think those would be, I think for people to read that they're not the only people who feel insecure. And then you can say to your partner, Hey, like, what's the deal? Like, even in a new relationship in a book, like you didn't jump my bones last night. Like, should I be worried? Should I be like, or is, <laughs> am I up in my, am I up in my head about that? Like, cause I remember like when I was younger in college and it was like, you know, like you just fuck so much in college. And like, I remember, so cause much. you have, first of all, you have, t- you got so much time on your hands, so, so much. much fucking time. 
And you guys, your hormones are fucking raging. Raging. And it's like, for me, the person I had sex with was the first, like, we we dated for a little over a year. And it was the first person I've ever had sex with. And sex is so fucking fun. Orgasms with a bomb. Oh, sex yeah. Sex is the best. So we were having sex constantly. But I remember the first, I remember distinctly, like, the first day we didn't have sex. I was like... Do you not want me anymore? Like, what's we've had sex every day for the last like six weeks. Like, what's going? What's happening? Are you? And he was like, No, like, of course I want you. Like, we just fell asleep. It's not a big deal. We can have sex today and tomorrow and the next day. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I was just checking in. <laughs> just want to make sure. <laughs> so I think I, it's I think it's funny too because like, because you are correct. Like, college was a whole lot of sex. And the funny thing about yeah. it too is like, looking back, I was not having good sex. Like I wasn't orgasming. Oh, I was. Like you know, it. I it took me a long time to find out like how my body worked, how like how it orgasmed. But it honestly didn't matter because ste- sex was still fun. Like it still felt good. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. You just didn't reach the end. You know what I mean? I call it like a really nice I, massage and a rustle. <laughs> I I even I mean. Uh, to your point, I I have figured out my own shit, so I would say that I orgasm more than I like more you know more often. But I definitely was having great sex in college, but also that was just like a freak of my mom says like you hit the jackpot. Like I I literally did. Like I got so lucky in this not in the sense of like I got so lucky the stars met, but like I got lucky that the person who liked me back we were very compatible and we neither one of us had been in a relationship before. So we were very eager to like explore and try things. And like, you know, if like, if I like bit him on the neck and he like shuddered, I was like, Ooh, you like that? Let's try it again. Or like, you know, if he, you know, if he like, whatever, pushed me up against a wall and I was like, hells yes. Like we, we figured that shit out together. Yeah. Um, but I, I, even if I don't orgasm, like, I don't, honestly, like, I just love having sex. Like, I, that's what, I'm, like, that's what, I'm, kind of, that's what because, I'm saying. It's like, the orgasm yeah. is fucking amazing and great. And like, fucking as amazing. A, as a grown ass woman, I'm like, I'm enjoying the orgasms I'm having. And I'm like, I, how did I go yeah. without, I could never go without them again. Like, I could never be young again no. and, and do that. No. But still, having sex was fun. Like, finding so fun. places to have sex and, and running around, and you had so much energy. Yeah. That's the thing. That's yeah. that's the thing. I look back and I go, "Oh my god, I has so much, so much freaking energy to do crazy I feel like shit." I've, I feel like also I just needed someone to like look at me with a little bit of intensity, and I was immediately like so wet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "You know, it's true, Shani. Your body was like, oh, he looked at me. Your nipples are hard. <laughs> like, let's." Maybe he wants to have sex with me every I, time. Every I mean, time. I believe it. I, I believe it because then I told you my body's trying to get me pregnant. You know, the one thing I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand was happening though at the time. So like my, my entire life, everybody's always thought I was a lesbian. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my my cousin said really? to me, yeah. So like, I my, never got that vibe from you. Well, you're the only one apparently. <laughs> Because my cousin came out, she left her husband for um, for another woman, and she had Damn. four she had four kids, and she was like, I had to do this, I had yeah. I had to live my truth, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And she's like, but really, I did it for you, Shawnee. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, huh? Like, what do you mean? 
she's like, she's like, I felt like if I live my truth, you could live your truth. And I was like, um, I have to break it to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when I was like 13, just... 14, 15, I really considered like, hey, Shani, are you a lesbian? Because I didn't like girls or boys. Like I had no, I went through a period of time where I wasn't attracted to anybody. So I was like, ah, shit, I'm, maybe I'm asexual. Maybe I'm a lesbian. I remember distinctly going to school and looking at girls like in a, in a sexy way to see if like I, if I liked them in a sexy way. And I'd be like, ooh, what about her? She's really pretty. Nah. Okay, what about her? She really, I mean, I actively did this, Bridget. I was a weird kid. But <laughs> Shawnee, Shawnee, let me tell you a story about how we are so different. But I, too, deeply considered it. Because I was like, well, I don't want to miss out on something because I'm not considering it. Yeah. I want to make, make sure that my options are open, my eyes are open. And so I, like, kept my eyes open to see if there were any, any cute, especially more so in, like, I would say like more so in college because in high school I didn't date anyone or do anything with anyone because I was like not ready for that. But in college I was like, okay, like I'm not going to like not do it if it feels right. But it just like, I just, I'm one of those people just never, I was never even like, you know, some girls are like, you know, oh, I just like hooked up with someone or I dated someone for a month just to test it out. I never did that because I felt very rude to like <laughs> test it out. I'm like, that other person has feelings. And I never, but I just never felt like, oh, this could go beyond like a fun makeout. Like yeah. girls are beautiful. I can imagine making out with one, but I can't imagine like eating one out or something. That's, like that just doesn't That's what happens to me. to me. Whenever I get to the actual sexual element of it, there is absolutely nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like, you know, God made me with all the attributes of a lesbian, you know, but then forgot the lesbian part of it. I feel and like I feel like the reason people think you're a lesbian is the reason people have thought I'm a lesbian in the past. And it's just because you are opinionated and you are firm in your opinions. And which is I traditionally a more masculine. <laughs> you do. I have had short hair, too. Short hair weirdly makes people think you're a lesbian it, it automatically like, makes people think you're a lesbian yeah. and, uh, i'm I don't, like i was i i was just depressed i cut it yeah. off <laughs> but that was the, that was the one thing looking back in college That's that funny. i realized so I, I mean i was super naive imagine like you know like a kid who's super sheltered went to church like seven days a week and i so i really i remember that there were um this group of girls that used to invite me to do things all the time and one of the girls in the group was always just like on top of me. Like, and by that, I mean like in my space, whatever. She always be like, Ooh girl, I like your toes. I'm like, thank you. That's so sweet. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and literally as looking back, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I didn't even see what, what was happening there <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I feel like I was just like, dude, dude, I was like college for me, you know, in my relationships and stuff. Like my first boyfriend, it was very cutesy. We were very cutesy. Um, I don't remember why I got on this tangent, but I just, I just remember like being slightly oblivious to when people were flirting with me or like wanting something from me. Like, oh, just, I was never oblivious, Shawnee. Shawnee, I could, Shawnee, I had such game. I miss I, I miss I miss the like the potential the possibility you know yeah because 
I'm very satisfied with my choice in husband and spouse, but I miss that like, like I know he's coming home with me. He's my husband. Like I miss that that feeling when you're out somewhere and you look at someone and like that moment, that charge, like, like what's going to happen, you know, like the possibility of that moment, like we could just never look at each other again, or we could like have a drink together, or we could like make out right here, or we could go home together, or we could go behind this building. And like, there's the possibilities are just all there. And I miss, I also miss the like hunt, like the thrill of like, I miss that. That, because I was not in a bad, not in like a sex predator way, but like me and my friends used to joke that I was a predator in the sense that I was like looking for prey. Yeah. Like I was looking, I was like, not a, not prey in like a weaker, weak sense, but like I was looking, I was hunting for a certain thing and I was good at finding it by God. And I miss, I miss <laughs> those days because they're so fun. Like, Man. they're so fun. Bridget. I'm glad I took advantage of them because I would be sad if I looked back and, like, didn't have have my fun. Listen, I did not get game probably. I mean, I was in college for, like, 10 years. Probably to, like, <laughs> to, like, <laughs> to, like, five years you, in. I didn't even know okay. about that. I, listen, I would, tell, I would tell you the story. I'll make it quick. Okay, so... Um, I was working at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. And um, if you volunteered, you got $700, like, scholarship or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer for this. Um, so you just basically, you show up there. Um, I went to a culinary, like, a business school. So everybody kind of had, like, you had, like, a chef jacket or a sous, jack, sous chef jacket. So we'd, I, I was wearing that with, like, a, one of the little hats and stuff. Not looking my best whatsoever. And I roll up into um, the kitchen, and I'm like, okay, I'm here to help. I'm a volunteer. How can I help? This, I see this big guy. He's probably like six foot three to five, um, heavy set guy across the room. And he runs, stumbling over himself to like, to where I am. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can help you. I can help you. And I was like, Okay, that's a little strange, but he was he was a little cutie or whatever, and he was like, uh, "Let me take you to the station." Now, mind you, he was helping someone else at the time at this event. He literally just dropped that person, came over, and he set up my station for me. Like instead of just handing me the stuff, he like set up my whole station. He was like, "This is how you chop the onions," and I was like, "I know how to do this. I, this is like my third time doing this festival." <laughs> He's like, oh, "Okay, okay, okay," and then the whole day he kept coming back around. Hey, how are you doing? Are you, are you good? You good? You good? And whatever. And I was just like, this is so strange. So anyway, so at the uh, at the festival itself, I'm in. I'm still helping out, so I'm in my you know scrubs and stuff like whatever. And as I go by his booth, he's supposed to be feeding these rich ass people who've paid for the festival. And as I come around, he's like, he's like, hey, hey, come over here. You gotta taste these shrimps. You gotta taste these shrimps. You know, shrimps are my weakness. So I was like, okay, I gotta go over there. So I did. And he's like, like giving me all these shrimps and stuff off of this gourmet ass platter. Um, so fast forward, I know he likes me. He's a white boy from D.C. He's like all about the chocolate. So I know that he's doing a Top Chef competition that my school is holding and that they're doing an assembly line feeding. They're doing like where you can taste the food. So I put on, I think, my cutest like espadrille heels and my cutest like pink dress and my hair all did and shit and I had a big afro at the time and I rolled up there and pretended I didn't see him 
I rolled up. I got, <laughs> I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I pretended like, oh, I'm just a student on the campus and I don't know where I'm doing. And I, I just pretend like I didn't see him. And and so I get in line to get the food. And my girl, I had convinced my girlfriend to come with me. So I'm like pretending to talk to her, you know, and she's like, oh, okay, he's looking, he's looking, girl. And then uh, so as we're we're coming up, there's like three people ahead of me. He literally doesn't feed them anything. He uh, he scrambles, makes this whole plate or whatever, skips these three people and comes straight to me. I was like, oh, get him. He's <laughs> get him. <laughs> and boy, I mean, he flew me all over. He fed me all over. I mean, he was a good one. He was a nice little snack for a while. <laughs> he flew you all over? Like oh, the country yeah. in airplanes? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Shani. Yeah, he put me up in nice hotels and shit. I was like, mm, 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 mm. nice. See, that's where we're different because I would have walked in and I would have looked at him and been like, with my face, not with my words, but I would have been like, we gonna fuck. We gonna fuck. And then he would have been like, yeah, we yes. are. And that would have been that. I have a funny story that I'll tell you another day, Johnny. Okay. Um, Or maybe it'll be on Patreon later because. Uh, I don't, it's not safe for work. None of this is safe for work, but it's a good one. Maybe we'll do that on Patreon. We'll just do funny Shawnee and Bridget sex stories because we have a bunch. Oh, I got, um, at least tell me, We're lusty at least tell me ladies. a reminder so I can say, hey, tell me that story. A reminder? Yeah. Um, bathroom? All right. Okay. Could be a good reminder. Wait, but also, this- I have a really good children's park story. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Not involving children. It was nighttime. It was 2 a.m. It was raining. It was sandy. I command you. Uh, That's a good story, though. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break, guys, because we've gotten very off topic. When we come back, we'll come back with our ratings. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Shani. Shani, Shani, we're back. Yes. Let's talk about Holland. What did you think? What did you give her? I gave her a two. Um, Ouch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> uh, honestly, like... I think one, the narrator killed it for me. He made her sound like a, sim- oh. a simpering idiot. Um, but then mm. two, um, it just kind of drove me crazy. Like everybody, the insecurities took over the book for me, and I just needed them to move through that quicker. Like mm-hmm. it was, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all are too old for all this. Have a conversation, talk it out. You know. <laughs> And, like, believe what the other person says. Yes. Because none of them believed what the other people were telling them. No, but then they were, like, they were, like, having sex and doing couples things and then not believing that they were in it together. But y'all fucking, like, I, I, I mean, I read menages to, to escape. The reason I read a menage book is to escape. So to have them be like droning on and on and on is not an escape for me. So anyway, that's how I felt about it. I give her a three. I thought she was funny. I like that she was like sort of stating her boundaries and her needs sexually and like, hey, I've never done this. Like, how does it work? 
I don't think I'll ever do anal. If that's a deal breaker, like, let me know. I agree. She definitely lost major point for like not embracing what they were telling her that she was important and she was a part of this. Um, and I really didn't like her leaving Ethan after he got hurt. She uh, lost a star for that, but she did keep <laughs> three because she, I liked that she stood up to her sister and her family. Yeah. Um, so I gave her a three. What did you think about Ethan? I gave Ethan a three, but I wanted to give him a two, but I gave him a three. There was a point in time where Lincoln basically says to him, like, my dude, you are not stepping up. You are not doing what you need to do. And I just had mad respect that he was like, you right. <laughs> That's I gave him a four, actually, because I said the same thing. Like, I like that he put actions into changing his workaholism. And like, when Lincoln said that, like, immediately went to her house to apologize and to, like, show up. Yeah. I 100% agree. I, I gave him a four. He got the best score out of the three. Spoiler from me. Spoiler. <laughs> Okay, what did you give Lincoln? I gave him a three also. Oh, I man. really wanted to like him more, uh, but I did not like that he didn't fess up his feelings and like that he had a block in his art. I That definitely lost a whole point for me. And then leaving Ethan after the assault lost a whole point. But I thought he was fine otherwise. Yeah. I did like that he confront like to your point, that he confronted Ethan and was like, hey, we're going to lose her. Like, you told me you were going to do this with me and you're not. Like, I liked – and I liked the way he, like, cared for Holland and cared for Ethan and, and like, the sexy times and stuff like that. But – and also, like, where was my erotic painting scene? If there was an erotic painting yeah. scene, he could have gotten a five. He could have gotten a five in a heartbeat. Yeah. But – or maybe at least a four. But, yeah, I give him a three. I th- I also thought that uh, I gave him a three as well, um, but I thought that the sex scenes in this book, even though they were menage and you know you got a lot of sex, I actually thought they could be better. Like I thought they could sure. be more descriptive of mm-hmm. you know of sex scenes, and I think mm-hmm. because we're just coming off of uh, LJ's uh, Hunter, where she is so descriptive in what's happening, yeah, that you yeah, but I missed it. I was like. But how, so you're, okay, but how does this penis feel? And what's the, and what's, you know, yeah. is it is it warm? Is it, you know, yeah. what's what's happening? Is it, like, I just wanted to, you, I wanted yeah. more description. Yeah, I wonder if we had read this after Real Men Knit, if you would have been like, this book is the tits. Because <laughs> that book had no, like, almost no sex. And then this book has. Probably because, like, because <laughs> I, I have to say, I mean, LJ really set the bar for, the sex scene in she, a she's the smutty yeah, yeah. in a con, like in a contemporary romance like I know that if I go uh, if I'm reading erotica or certain authors that it's it's full on sex but it's more in the erotica zone this I, was you know she's like writing a romance and then I'm like holy shit this sex scene is killer you know and so yeah. it just hit it hits different it just hits different it's different you know so yeah I hear that I hear so, that so McDreamy McSteamy. I said they were both Mc. I thought everybody was McDreamy. This is a McDreamy triad for me. Everybody yeah. was all about the feels and the love. I agree. I agree. And it was. It was. Yeah. Even though it was hot, uh, I didn't take. I didn't think it was like kinky or BDSM or like that sort of thing. I, I just either. thought it was. You know, it was just, just vanilla. Vanilla. A vanilla. Swirl. But in a good way. <laughs> yeah, a swirl. A swirl of vanillas. 
Did, did you have any other uh, favorite lines in the book aside from the one I stole from you? No, you stole my line. That was my line, too, because, you know, doing it without lube, you're a savage. I know. You're such Ain't a savage. Ain't no lube. Yeah. I love that he's like, I'm not a monster. It's so good. Um, I mean, I, this is kind of a descriptor of the book, but I just thought I liked the way it was written. It said, Ethan Montgomery thought he had his life figured out until the moment he and his best friend met a woman in a wedding dress drinking wine out of a paper bag. And I was like, that's funny. I like that. Good description. All right. My favorite review um, yeah. was from Marianella Ibar. Um, and her blog is called Mari Loves Books Blog. She rated it four stars. Um, and she said, this is so much more than I expected, and I loved it. It's not just a menage romance. It's a story of moving forward, forgiveness, opening your heart again, and trust. Holland, Ethan, and Lincoln, just find just that. It seems as though Ethan and Lincoln were waiting for Holland all along. Their relationship fit, and it had me giddy. It's hot, passionate, and sweet. And I thought that was true. Like, I thought I liked the relationship. I liked that they were waiting for her and that they always respected her and, like, put her on the same level as them. I thought it was good. Nice. Um, my review is from Audible, and it's from somebody named whatever my name. Uh, <laughs> and it's repeat <laughs> uh, three stars, and it's repeat, repeat, repeat. I wanted to love the story, but the way each of them continually said the same negative things over and over and over and over again drove me crazy. If they had taken out most of it, then the book would have only been a third as long. We got it so many times that they were all insecure and none of them thought it would work or continue. Really? Well, I did. I didn't need to be told it every other sentence. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but not by much. Tor Thom is a great narrator, but I do wish they would have had different ones for the main characters. For me, not worth the credit. Um, and I, so I found this to be true, obviously, because I think the main killer of the book for me was how much they harped on the insecurities. And then the author, um, I thought he did really well when he did the men, but he murdered the women's voices <laughs> and the narrator. Yeah. It made it really hard to like find her sexy when she's talking to him. And she's like, Oh guys, I, yes, I, <laughs> like, I mean, that's not how I read her at all. That would be, that's like. You know we've talked about this before, dear listeners, but that's my main thing. It's so hard for me to lose myself in a story because I get so wrapped up in the way they're talking. But when I read, I can just make everybody sound the way I want them to sound or the way I think they should sound. Um, so that sucks. That sucks because I feel like you might have liked it a little bit better because she got the worst score from you, but I didn't think she was the weakest character. So yeah, it would have been interesting to see if you had had a better narr- or if there had been like a female narrator for the female characters or something like that. Yeah, I think in a book like this, it would have been helpful. Like I normally don't need them to switch genders of the of the narrator, but I think it would have been helpful in this book because he just women are not his like strong suit. And I don't. His voice sounded familiar, but his name doesn't. So I don't know if he's a new uh, narrator on the scene or not. But yeah, I definitely, I think if the narration was better, I would have liked the book. Like it, like maybe a half a star more or whatnot. But yeah. I gave it, I gave it three stars. Like okay. it, it does what it, I think it does what it's supposed to do, which is like give you a little story, get you off and like give you a quick feelsies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish we did half stars because I was going to say 3.5, but I know we don't do half stars. And 
I'm like <laughs> on the fence between three and four. Um, but honestly, I think it's four stars for me because it, it was just sweet. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it. It was really, I think if this book had been, some authors would have overwritten this like another 50 pages or a hundred pages. Yeah. For like no real reason, aside from that, they just were like adding more things. And I think that I would not, but I like, it did not take me very long to read this book. And so I got everything I wanted out of it. I got some sexy scenes. I got some sweet, you know, you know, I like those feels. I got the sweet, sweet romance. I yeah. liked his family. You know, I would be intrigued to read another book about one of the other pairings of his siblings or uh, Ethan's cousin. But you don't, so, you don't really read Menage books, right? Like, no. Because I think that's also uh, the... Infrequent. I mean, I have a few, but not as a general rule unless they are fantasy or aliens. Or <laughs> well, I think that there's also like another <laughs> aspect, like an aspect that, of at play between us in this, which is mm-hmm. I have read a shit ton of Menage books. And so yeah. in this grand scheme of the books that are available, this was not one of the better ones. If that makes sense, it's kind of like when you yeah. read a, when you read a book at seventeen and it's like amazing until so you've read so many more and then you go back and read that same book and you're like, oh, well, this is all right. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, to me this is like okay, but there are like so many better, I think, better ones than this one. Do you want to hear something funny, Shawnee? Yeah, I just looked at my notes and I gave it a three. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, four, I was thinking four, but I gave it a three. <laughs> I'll still give it a 3.5, even though we don't do half-star ratings. It's funny because I wanted to give it a 2. It's a 3 3 in my notes. (laughs) The funny thing is I wanted to give it a 2.5, but because we don't do half-stars, I was like, ah, I'll just give it a 3. We're just meeting in the middle. Sweet, sweet middle. Yeah, I'm just like, uh. (laughs) Like, I don't hate it. I don't hate this book. And Carrie Ann Ryan, I have read uh, other of her books, and I'm pretty sure that there are other books that I like. A lot more than mm-hmm. I like this book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this one could just not be the book for, for yeah. you. Yeah, so uh, like I would suggest that if anybody's reading who likes Minaj to also look at some of her other stories as well. This is also book two mm-hmm. in the series, so maybe book one. Right. This is the Montgomery Inc. Uh, but I, I would like to have more description of tattoos. And uh, I did like the idea I just of thought th- it being in a tattoo I, yeah, parlor I, or... I was just confused. I so I honestly, when you chose this book originally... I like the synopsis. I was excited. Yeah, the synopsis was good. I was excited. And in my mind, I was like, oh, Sated in Ink. And they have tattoos. It's going to be like something... Involved. Like I was like, maybe someone's going to give someone a sexy tattoo. Or like they're working together in a tattoo. I don't know. Like, you realize though, what, like... You realize though he, he only thinking. has one tattoo in this in the cover art, like he. Yeah, but o- it's called "Sated in Ink." No, I know that's what I'm saying. Like it's like "Sated in yeah. Ink" tells my brain that there was a lot of ink, right? Right. He only yeah. has one tattoo in this picture, but right. <laughs> like he doesn't yeah, maybe, actually. Maybe that he looks like the guy that you know is gonna get the douche tattoos, like only those real classic <laughs> ones, like the the barbed wire on the arm. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Did I ever tell you about the guy that I hooked up with who had an enormous Cubs tattoo on his arm? <laughs> no. It was fucking he, his whole shoulder was covered in the Chicago Cubs. I'm from Chicago. 
okay? I'm fine with you having some sort of team affiliation. When I say this tattoo was enormous, like he took his shirt off and I just like burst into hysterical <laughs> laughter. It was such a big tattoo. Oh my God. Hilarious. Also, he was like a grown man because when I was living in Chicago, I was much younger. I was like 25 at the time, I think. And he was definitely like 31. And I was like, look, if you want to see me again, that sounds nice. I was like, but you need to call me. Like, you're a grown man. You have a job. Like, I don't want to be texted at 2 a.m. Like, you up. Like, if you want to see me again and actually, like, go on a date, like you said, then you need to call me and set it up. And he, like, kept texting me. And I I just kept responding, you need to call me. Like, I'm sorry. But, like, if you want to be in my life as, like, a relationship, not just, like, I met you at a bar. I thought you were hot. And we had great sex. Like, that's great. I'm fine with that. But. I'm not interested in pursuing that anymore with your giant Cubs tattoo arm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, everyone, we are out of here for this week. It was a it was a fun week. It was we have had a great week. We've had, been doing a lot of author interviews, so you know, make sure you subscribe. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. We just did LJ Shen. We did Sonali Dev. We're doing Jill Shalvis. We're doing Jen DeLuca. We're doing who else is just emailed? Oh. Someone just emailed me today too. Another person. Well, we have Nalini yes Singh. Uh, yeah, coming up. Nalini Singh fall. will be coming up in the in the fall. Scarlett Peckham, Tara Jansen. Soaked about that. Ooh. I flip. Oh, Tessa Bailey just said yes, guys. We got interviews. These are my coming favorite up people. Scarlett Peckham, Tara Jansen. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Uh. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.